The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry. With me today is a our special guest, almost like a, would you say a regular guest, a, a sort of co-host? A I feel like I haven't been here for like 50 episodes. The, so the I mean. return. <laughs> uh, what episode is this? Megan Doyle, everybody, if you haven't guessed by that that laugh. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, is this five, six, I honestly, seven? I don't know. I would say maybe six or seven. I was going to say, it's got to be six or seven. Um, but Megan Doyle, welcome back. Um, and it's funny, I'm always looking for guests. So if anybody wants to come on, please shoot me a direct message on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. He'll take anyone. I'll take anyone. <laughs> um, but uh, there's been so many times, especially during this spring season, um, it's usually, what do I usually text you around like Monday, sometimes yeah. Tuesday morning? Hey, Meg, yeah. you want to come on the podcast? Podcast hey, Meg, question you wanna... mark? <laughs> <laughs> podcast question mark. And it's you, It's either, ah, can't, ah, practice, ah, yeah. busy. It was and, a busy time this year. Absolutely. And I feel like that a lot of times during the season, and I'm no dummy, I should know that it. we just get busy. No, we I get know. busy. And I, like, truly, if I could, I would. I just Oh, you'd be on. No time. I still say you should be contacting Matt about setting up your own podcast. I could. Like, you really should. Like, I, I feel I like. podcast ideas, Larry. I do. Listen, I feel like you would be killing the podcast world. I don't think I have a voice for it, though. Like, you know how some people, like, you have a radio voice. You do. I feel like I just don't have. I've been told I have a face for radio <laughs> and not for TV. Come on, that's an old joke. Like a face for radio because they can't, <laughs> they can't see, see you. you? Okay. Yeah, I did come on. understand, but I know it's an old. That's an old joke. It's okay. You're you're old. No, you're not old. I'm sorry. That was mean. oh, and this We're is Megan's sorry. last. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to start. No, 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 no. It's funny. I'll even get like even my kids at school. They'll be like, um, "How old are you?" One of them the other day was like a uh, little third grader. How old are you? But like. I'll always give like a goofy answer, but like I'm 98. Oh, I thought you were older. <laughs> I was going to say, I told my kids, um, I think it was my fourth graders that I was 27. And one of them goes, oh, Miss Doyle, you're almost 30. That means you're going to die soon. Oh, ouch. I was like, what? So that would put like your midlife crisis like around what, 14, 13, 14? I, I feel like I'm going through a midlife crisis right now, <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. 27. Yeah. You're gonna you're almost you're almost 30. I'm, almost 30. Yeah. I'm looking forward to my 30s. I feel like 20s have been a weird 30s weren't turning 30 was never a big deal. I'm not gonna lie. It was once I hit like around probably like 39, 40, that's when like kind of start getting out of bed and you're like, ooh, yeah. that knee or ooh, that like that. I remember hurting that elbow or that back or whatever. I was going to say, so playing sports have made me feel that now. 
So I feel like when I'm 30, I'm just going to like recognize this is the pain I'm in for the rest of my life, and I'll be great. <laughs> 30, you start getting a little bit of the sports injuries. By the time you hit 40, though, that's when you're that's, like, okay. That's not fun. That's when you're like, man, was, oh, were all those games worth it? Don't scare me like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Megan. We're going to come in hot. Um, to... Hmm. I'm struggling with this coming in hot, and I already kind of warned you. You're going to have to uh, hold me back, but I'm going to keep it civil. Um, In sports, there's in coaching, playing, whatever, there's just, there's a code. There's a code when it comes to coaches. There's a code when it comes to dealing with somebody, working with somebody, especially with with people that you've worked with for a number of years now. Um, That code is usually... You just you don't screw over other coaches. You don't screw over your coworkers. Like the coaches code, yeah. The coaches code. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, you find that coaches are there's there's very few coaching jobs. Um, you know, whether it's high school, college, high school. There's a lot of. I mean, if you really want to coach, you can get in a yeah a, a good amount of high school positions. Um, coaching in the college levels, the pro levels, but whatever. There is there's only a finite amount of jobs out there for the sport that you want. Um, Even though it's competitive, you typically don't screw over the people you work with. You don't screw over other coaches. It's, it's just a code. Some of it is paying dues. Some of it is just respect. Um, And that could, again, without going into a big story, I don't think the younger generation of coaches, and you're in the younger generation, yeah. but I think you definitely know the code and respect the code. Oh, for sure. Um, I think our younger generation of coaching of, of coaching individuals just don't get it, just don't respect it, um, and it's a damn shame because it's it's just something you don't do. I feel like in general, just the younger generation, myself included, like mine and like younger than that, I feel like are dealing with a lot of respect issues just in general, too. You know? Yeah. And and I get it. It's it's a dog eat dog world at times. You got to look out for number one without what's that? The riding danger field got to look out for number one without stepping in number two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just I get it. Sometimes you have to. You have to do what you've got to do yeah. to get ahead. Sometimes that means um, stepping on people. Sometimes that means doing things that you, you, you don't really want to do. But in the same regard, even if you're going after something, even if you're ag- getting aggressive and want to, quote unquote, break the code, do it in a respectful way. Like there's ways, there's to, ways do to do it. There's ways to do it. If you were to go to somebody and say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm going after this job. Hey, listen, I'm really trying to whatever. I'm trying to make a name for myself. I'm trying to this. I'm trying to that. You do it in a way that's respectful. You shady dealings, doing it behind somebody's back. Yeah. Doing it where, um, you know, the it's it's just not needed. It's not called for, and it shows all the character about a person that you really want to know. And I feel like it, honestly, it comes down to just communication. And it could even be bad communication, but as long as it's communicated, you know? Oh, for sure. 
Oh, God. As I almost spilled my ice cream. <laughs> that was pretty quick. That I, was uh, good. No spill. Good reflexes. But um, it's uh, – there's just ways. First of all, it shouldn't be done. I feel like, too, a lot of the younger generation doesn't want to pay their dues yeah. anymore. It's just a very much like me, 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 mm-hmm. me, now, 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 now. You want to come out of college. You want to come out of uh, whatever and be the CEO. Yeah. Be the top dog. Be the whatever. Where it's there's just no more paying the dues. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a terrible thing. Um, there are coaches to this day. That I've even, I mean, I've been coaching since I think I first started and cover your ears. This is going to make me sound old. But I think I've, I first started coaching um, 2002, 2003. Do you um, know how old I was? <laughs> how old were you in 2003? In 2003? That's actually, no, I was born in 96. So <clears throat> I'll let you guys do the math. Okay. Now that the <laughs> podcast is an old guy. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh my gosh, this is the second time. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're not that's old, okay. You're young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good cover up. Um, but it's just. What was my point now? Before we were talking about me being old. Uh, no, but it, even way back in 2002 when I broke in, um, there's coaches to this day. So I've been coaching more than 20 years, and there's still coaches to this day that I look up to, that are mentors, that I consider, um, you know great a great wealth of knowledge um in fact uh, i'm gonna give a shout out he was on our uh podcast a while back i want to get him back on but uh coach jeff brunger a gentleman who i've been coaching track and field now with for 12 years he's been in the nfl um in the coaching world for 50 years this is his 50th season that's super cool and jeff is again by far one of the biggest mentors um, in my coaching career, especially in track and field, um, just the enthusiasm, the way that he relates to his athletes, the knowledge, um, the fact that he's been able to coach in the tracking world. I mean, you've got to coach, you've got to coach events that you both know. And yeah. sometimes you coach events that you both don't know or that you don't know. And whatever, uh, coach Brunger does on the track, you, you would think, in fact, for the long, he primarily coaches our pole vaulters. He coaches them so well. I thought he was a vaulter in high school or in college or something. He never vaulted a day in his life. That's like crazy. just it, or he he did maybe one or two times in high school. I mean, mm-hmm. the the guy is just a wealth of knowledge. He'll have forgotten more about track and field than I'll ever know. Um, coach uh, Coach Marty Medor, Mike Panapinto, uh, two great coaches from Kenmore West. Um, again, individuals who just, those guys, I'll go up to them even, even when we're playing against them, mm-hmm. I'll go up to them. Hey, do you got an idea for this? Do you got a suggestion for this? Do you got a suggestion for that? Um, two gentlemen who have been great mentors in my coaching career, even to this day. Um, and in fact, we beat them. Well, all right. Mike beat us for the girls, but we beat Marty for the guys this year. So we split. We, we, we split. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's one of those things. Um, Megan, uh, Megan Smith, another one at Niagara Wheatfield, a great coach. You just pass, you try to pass on that knowledge. Yeah. Um, you just try to learn the respect part. But I feel like th- these younger, some of these younger coaches just don't have that anymore. Yeah. And I tell you what, if that does get lost or even to start seeing that getting lost, it's just... A darn shame, because part of the part of the big allure 
of sports. Of course, the competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Of course, the wanting to win. Of course, you know, all that fun stuff. But just the mutual respect yeah. for coaches. Just the fact that you can go to you can go to battle with somebody, whether it's a 90-minute soccer game, whether it's a two, three-hour track meet, could be close um, as all, you know, as ever. And the fact that you just go over and you shake that other coach's hand. Absolutely. The fact that you go over and you, even on the track field, if somebody, if one of the kids beats you, you give that kid a high five mm-hmm. or a good job or, and I hope that's not all going away, but. I hope not either. I hope not. Um, and again, uh, you know, maybe the knife, the knife mark, the knife wound is a little fresh, but yeah. uh, you just, there's a code. And there you just do code. it the right way. You do it the right way. But you know what? I believe in karma, and I just hope there's, like, good karma coming your way. So I hope you know. so. I hope so. But it is what it is. Now on to bigger and better topics. Um, how? What happened to the girls lacrosse season? This is – is this year five? Yeah, this is year five. Year five. Um, it's been it's It's been an awesome journey. I mean, I it remember – um, can you tell us though, just just to refresh our memory, what what was your first big coaching break in the modified high school uh, sports? You know, my big coaching break <laughs> came from modified soccer. Actually, speaking of coaches who don't know a thing about what they're coaching, <laughs> modified soccer. How did you get into that? I don't know, Lair. This man in a fedora <laughs> approached me. <laughs> Oh, those weird guys in the fedoras. Yeah. But uh, no, in all seriousness, how what how has the season gone? Um, you guys ended what about? It's been about a month, about um, two three yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's been like two or three weeks ago. Okay, um, how was that? You know, and I, I talked to you a little bit about it. It was such an interesting year, and I think it was my first year ever really dealing with like really riding a wave with a team where like we would have such highs and do so so well and then we'd like hit such lows and it was just like we kind of rode this wave of going up and down but I mean overall it was a good season and I honestly I've told them this I've told everyone this I genuinely think this is the most talented JV team I have ever had was Um, it like an older older JV team very younger So I think that's, like, part of it, too, is I think we're just so young. Like, we don't know how to push ourselves yet. So I think we were just, like, learning about ourselves and, like, what we can do. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, just kind of – now, had this team played together a lot or was it a lot of, like, newer players? Um, So I think I only had one girl who had never played this year, like, ever. This was her first year. Oh, wow. So a pretty experienced team then. Yeah. and Well, not experienced, but I think last year was most of their first year and they played together and modified. Okay. So, like, Yon, it was definitely, like, most of their second year, I think. I think I had, like, four returning from last year. So it was – and I had 26 this year. And if you know anything about me and lacrosse in the past, like, I've been fighting for numbers. Like, two years ago, my team, we would have to play man down in games because I just didn't have enough girls. So having 26 this year, that's a lot. I was going to say, I know for, I know for soccer – if you keep a full roster, a full roster is typically 18. Sometimes you'll go as high as like 19, 20. Yeah. Um, there was one year I did 25, and that was way too much. Yeah. Um, is it kind of similar numbers for lacrosse? Like is 18 pretty much that that target number that you want? So there's 12 on the field, including a goalie. Okay. Um, and I would say like, yeah, I would 18 to 20. Okay. Um, because usually you deal with injuries, and then there's always like, oh, someone can't show up this day. 
But I will say, and I don't know if you've ever coached a team. Well, I mean, track doesn't count. But like soccer, have you? What's the most you've ever kept? The most I kept one year at modified uh, modified guys. I kept a team of uh, it was probably about twenty twenty six twenty seven. It was way too much. It was one of those where the year before I only had fourteen, so yeah. I was hurting on numbers. We did very well that year, um, and then the next year we came back. I knew I had a lot of seventh graders on that first team. We got a n- good amount of seventh graders, some eighth yeah. graders. We were a great team, so I pretty much knew my 18 that I wanted, but at the same time, I also didn't want to, you know, there were a lot of seventh graders that came out, so I yeah. didn't want to kind of kill their dream. That's what, yeah. And I almost, and I was upfront and honest with the parents, with the kids. I basically said, okay, here's my 18 mm-hmm. that are on the roster. Yeah. The rest of you are more than welcome to come as practice squad players. Um, not to say that you won't get into a game, yeah. but there's, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to get mm-hmm. into a game thinking that they would eventually, you know, slowly, but surely start winding down. Or even if they just stayed for a couple weeks and got yeah. more practice, I think I lost one. Like by the end of the year, I still had 26, 27 kids. And it was just after a couple games, then you start getting the, well, coach, I haven't played yet. Or are the parents, why hasn't my kid played yet? Yeah. And that's Again, hard. I literally told you this. Yeah. It's going to, but it, it drains on you. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm not heartless. I want to get those yeah, kids absolutely. in a game as well, too. That year, we ended up going, um, we only lost one game. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up winning, um, quote unquote, winning the modified title yeah. or whatever for the NFL. There really is no modified title, but um, for us, it was us and Luport. Uh, we finished with the same the, the same record. Uh, I think we played twelve games. Uh, we both finished eleven and one. They beat us the first game at their place, one nothing. We beat them the second time at our game, um, four to nothing. My guys were like so fired up for that game. Yeah. Um. So you know we uh, because we beat them by four, they only beat us by one. You know we won yeah. the again. I'm doing air quotes here. Modified title, but it was just great. And it, but it at the end of the year. It just kind of, I just kind of made a a, a, a state to myself saying I'm not going to hold a team yeah. that big. I just can't. It just well, became I've, more problems than it was worth. I've questioned it this year. And, like, one of the reasons was I had 26 jerseys, so I could keep 26. And I had exactly 26 try out. And when we were, um, like, tryouts, they were all just so good. Like, they could all, yeah. they were all doing, like, so well. And I was like, well, I'm like... I literally had charts of like defensive things and offensive things. And it was just like, everyone was so equal that yeah. I, I couldn't make a decision. And I was like, you know what? Let's keep them all. But oh my gosh. And I, also 26 as a single coach. Oh yeah. Like, it's, I think it's rough. And that was something like I, and I was trying to be so honest with them too. I'm like, Hey, I'm like, there's going to be times like I'm learning right now too, because I've never had this many. So like, sometimes I have to give like our offense a little more attention during the practice and like defense, you're just going to kind of have to, yeah, and as like once you get in the JV and varsity, um, you get some programs that'll work together. Mm-hmm. So you've got bigger numbers, obviously. Even in soccer, if you've got eighteen and eighteen on both teams, you're dealing with two coaches there, where you yeah. can split up offense, defense. You can split up goaltenders, whatever. Modified, you typically don't have yeah. that. 
Um, now, does your JV and varsity program work together? Or yeah. a lot of times you'll have where they separate. So something – so we share the field for practices. Okay. Um, and there were times we'd work together. One of my favorite things that we did this year was for like the first 20 minutes of practice – um, she would have them all kind of like warm up together and I would take all the goalies and give them a little goalie session. Um, and I'm a goalie. I was a goalie. So that's like my my love. Um, but then like we're at such different levels. It's hard to do things together. And then, you know, like when you get halfway through the season and it's just game after game and you really have mm-hmm. to focus on those little things. So I feel like we we do work together, but we don't necessarily like we won't take like She'll have all the offense and I'll have all the defense or, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the one thing that's been great with uh, throughout the years working with um, Jamie yeah. uh, at Ken East, uh, especially the last three, four years being on varsity with her. It's – I would primarily – and I was never a goaltender, but I would primarily yeah. take the goaltenders, um, kind of work them to off to the side. But there were a few times where she would take the offense, I would take the defense, mm-hmm. or we would split up and do like scrimmages, right? You yeah. take this 11, I'll take these 11, whatever. We'll have a little scrimmage. It was almost like, it was almost like doing a, basically just coaching against each yeah. other. Um, and I don't think I ever beat Jamie just cause she's like that awesome <laughs> of a coach. Uh, and she really is. Um, and I know the girls are definitely going to miss her not yeah. coming back this year, but um, it's just one of those things where, when you've got a team that big, even mm-hmm. just adding one other coach well, makes it say, so like, much I'm, easier. I'm pretty sure Varsity also had 26 this year. Like, I think she kept that many, too. What, are you guys playing football? Holy but, cow. Like, for her, though, she did have, like, a lot of injuries. So some of the ones she kept, okay. like, had were, like, recovering from an injury, and then she, like, had a few more get injured. So, like, towards the end of the season, even though I think she started with 26, like, she still had to pull up a few of mine because there's just so many injuries. And that's Which, just... like, knock on wood because we have not had many injuries in the past, so... Oh, yeah, and that's just it. Even with ours, um, I remember the first time, this was, I think, two years ago... Jamie and I were so happy that we both had – she had a full team of 18 varsity. Yeah. I had – actually, no, this was the year before I came up to coach with her. And she had a – or I had a full team of 18 JV, and yeah. that did not last more than like two weeks. I had a few injuries. She had a few injuries. Next thing you know, between varsity call-ups, between injuries, at the JV level, you're down to maybe like 12 or 13. Yeah. And even varsity gets down to like – 14, 15. I mean, it's, it's rough. It's crazy. Um, how is that like dealing with, you know, especially if your JV season is going great, going great, going Mm -hmm. great, then for whatever reason, well, let me take your star forward up to varsity. Let me take your star goaltender up to varsity. Let me me take your defender up to varsity. So here's, here's the deal with me, at least my thoughts on it. Um, and like I said, we were riding a wave this year and we finally like kind of figuring it out and then like two of two of my players were taken from me so but here's here's how I see it you know you're a program and like I said I I work very well with the varsity coach and I have learned so much like I'm very grateful for her because she's been just amazing to have um and as a program you know your varsity team is the team that's like trying to win sectionals and there's there's not that there isn't purpose on, like, Modified and JV, but everything's kind of building up to play varsity and to, like, oh, win sure. a title, you know? So I always think of it, too. I'm like, you know, them seeing varsity experience right now is just going to put them in a better position for next year. You know what I mean? So, like, yes, it, like, can suck for us. And then my team, of course, is very upset, too, because we're losing good players. Oh, absolutely. But in the long run, it's it's you're trying to help them and they're going to be better from it and it's going to like help the varsity team. So 
Now, usually when I uh, there's usually two different philosophies for this between calling a kid up for JV or modified, especially if they're on that fence. Yeah. Skill wise, what do you do you agree with? If they're like a marginal call up, would you rather them stay down at JV and get playing time and get 40, 50, 60, whatever minutes a game? Or would you rather see them go up to that varsity level knowing that they're maybe going to max out at like five or ten minutes a game? So I honestly think it depends on the player. Like I think you need to know your player. And like even if you can have a discussion with them and they like understand – um, I think there are some that are talented that need to see the field. Like they, they need the experience playing and, and getting that play time is going to help them. But then I think there are some that need to be pushed at that higher level, just even oh, in practices, sure. you know? So like, and I had one kind of like that this year where I think she could have been pulled up and not played, but I think she needed to build more confidence playing all the time before she was going to do well. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So I think it really does depend, and it kind of comes down to you as a coach being able to read your players or know what's best for them. But I, I can see both sides of that, yeah. you know? How about you? Um, I'm more under the philosophy, as long as they're going to play a significant amount up top. And throughout yeah. the years, and that's one thing that it's always been great uh, coaching with Jamie, because mm-hmm. our philosophies pretty much stay, yeah. are, are really in, in, together. Where a lot of times, if they're... Like whether we're trying out during tryouts or a couple weeks into the season um, and she needs a call up. If there's a kid that's on that fence, we'll kind of look there and sit. And ultimately, if we're torn, I'll just look at her. All right, James, honestly, you know your team, your varsity team. We know it. How much time is this girl going to get? Is she going to be buried on the bench? Is she only going to give you five minutes a game? Maybe a minute here, a minute there, a minute here. Or can you see her working into at least a regular sub role yeah. by the end of the season? Um, and we'll talk about that. And my philosophy is as long as they're going to at least get, a, again, 20 minutes a game. I'd say yeah. that 15, 20 minutes a game. That's significant time. Um, there's been a few times where we've been pretty much, you know, we don't know what to do. So we'll go and ask the kid. Yeah. And we'll be... We will be up front and, hey, if you go to varsity, we don't want you complaining that you're only getting five minutes of time a game. Yeah. You know, if we bring you down the JV, we don't want you defeated. We don't want you deflated because that you didn't make varsity. Yeah. And I think, think too, um, it's hard. And I kind of take back, like, if they aren't going to get any play time at all on varsity, I think keep them on JV so they do see the field. But – even with us this year, there was one of my players who like could have stayed with me, um, and I don't really think she saw the field much this year. But just watching her play in practice and then watching her on the field, like just how much she had actually grown and developed. That next year, when you know all of her seniors are gone and she is going to have a spot, like I think she's going to have more confidence and she's going to understand the field better. That she'll be like a leader next year. Yeah, you know. But uh, and I think that's you're right though. It, it is it's a confidence issue. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times throughout the years where some kid doesn't matter. They just want the fact that everybody knows that they made varsity yeah. as a seventh grader, as an eighth grader, as a ninth grader, which I get. It's a I great it. accomplishment. Um, it, it really truly is. Um, I, there's girls on our, there's girls on the Kenmore team now that have played and started varsity since seventh yeah. grade. I mean it, they're and it's, 
it really goes to their work ethic. Then again, there are some girls on uh, teams that don't make varsity until 10th grade or even 11th grade. Um, It doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there as long as you get there and as as long as you just make an impact when you're there. Um, And it's – now, do your philosophies change at all between coaching varsity and JV or coaching JV to modified or like is it – Yes. I think even year to year sometimes. But okay. so like one and I, I feel like I've talked to you about this before, um, with playtime. So on J V, especially this year, because I wanted again, I had like such a talented team and I wanted them all on the field. I was really trying to make sure they all played and played kinda equally. Um, but then like varsity, you can't do that, you know? Like you can't oh, have yeah. everyone. So I guess like that's one that would change. Um and then like we would have games too where it was like situational, so I would would be like one one two two, and I'd kind of keep some of you'd lean on your starters. Yeah, so and I think that's important too because even at the JV level, even at the modified level, yeah, in tight games, you want to see how your top players are going to react. Oh, absolutely, you want to see if they're ready for mm-hmm. next year, two years, whatever, to get to that JV level, that varsity level. And I think to it modified, I think it's more important on modified. Like everyone is getting equal time. Because again, and I, I think I just think of it as a program, like modified JV varsity, your program, you're working together. So if you have someone on modified who's like not super strong and they're not seeing the field, there's no, they're not going to get better, you know? It, absolutely. Um, and it's, it, there are different coaching philosophies and I've gone from anywhere as low as the <laughs> second, third and fourth grade levels, which, you know, there you treat them how to win and all, yeah. you know, get, no, you just, you give them, you give them playing time on the second, second, third and fourth grade level. Oh, I see this that big important. smile. So. Not coaching philosophies, but I think myself as a coach, you know I'm a nice person, right? <laughs> I, I, just a little, a little bit. Nice. Just a little bit. One of the nicest individuals you will ever meet. Um, I think this year, I'm still nice, but I think I definitely like knew when to not be nice this year. And I think it was like the first year, like I kind of you had got a, out, you got out yeah, mean, Megan. You no, know, here's the fun thing: was the varsity coach came to me after tryouts. It was like the first three days, and she was like, two of your girls were talking to me, and they said they're so scared of you." <laughs> me. <laughs> What did you do? I don't know. That's I don't think I've heard of anybody being I don't scared either. of you. I think it was just a straight face and crossed arms and just watching them. <laughs> that is awesome. This happened. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was when I I, I subbed in yeah. for you one game at the JV level, what two years ago, and I coached or what I I filled in for a game. I didn't think I was being mean at all. I mean, I was definitely vocal, like yeah. I always am. And we ended up beating West, I think it was, for the game. We ended up winning. And uh, Lola came up. Did I ever tell you what I call her now, her nickname? What do you call her? Tank. Really? Tank. She is. Is she? Is she yeah. She's the best. Um, the, guy, the reason I called her that, one of her first games, in fact, it might have been her first game when she got a call up that mm-hmm. year. Oh, um, I adore her. Oh, she's awesome. She uh, came in. She played defense. And she was just running people over. Like legally, I mean, she yeah. was just take like she was just. Good I was, for her. I just kind of yelled, but like tank, let's go. Um, I mean, she's awesome. Hopefully, she'll be one of the backbones of of Ken Moore's defense, yeah. Kenny's defense for a long time. What is she now? Like she's uh, a freshman. In fact, I've coached her. I know time flies. What was she when I had her? She was a seventh grader. Yeah. I don't think I realized that. Um, she's a. I've coached her too in indoor and outdoor for mm-hmm. uh, track and field. She's a 
fantastic shot put thrower too. Oh, I shot see that too. Disc and she did the weight throw in indoor. Oh, good for her. Just awesome, 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 awesome athlete, um, awesome person. But anyways, I remember when she got that call up and she had you know started practicing with us and yeah. we pretty much stole her from you. Yeah, you did. Um, it's fine. We're building a program, right? <laughs> <laughs> At one point, she just uh, during practice or whatever, she looks. She's like. You do know everybody was scared. Like, everybody on JV is terrified of you. Like, excuse me? I'm like, what? Yeah. She's like, yeah. She's like, that game when you coached us at at West, the girls were terrified of you. Like, why? Because you're the scary JV coach. I was the scary, I was the scary varsity. Well, I was up with, up with, uh, oh, that's Jamie, because that was when you had her for JV. That was, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I was like, well, I was yelling positive stuff. Yeah, They're like, but you were yelling. And even uh, some of the girls throughout the years, uh, like Lily Clark has come up, um, a couple of the other girls, Gianna Gullo, um, after like, you know, being in varsity practices or whatever, they're like, you know, you're not as scary as you were that one game. I'm like, I didn't think I was scary. Yeah. But for me, though, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like being the scary coach well, like, at times. Well, and the thing, too, is I, I think it definitely has its perks. Um, and I think one of the things is I came out not as nice this year. Like, I wasn't super bubbly during tryouts. I was like, okay, like, this is how it's going to work. Like, this, like I'm looking for this, this, and this. Like, let's go get into this drill. I wasn't, like, not that I wasn't nice, but I think I was just way more serious. Not yeah. That, not that I haven't been serious either. I don't know if you know what I mean, but. No, I do. I do. Um. You got, as a coach, you got to learn how to change your focus. I also, first time ever. And I'm not sure. I'm sure you have because I feel like all coaches have like a game where they do this where you like yell at a team after a game (laughs) and they cry. I did that this year. I yelled at them and they cried and I cried. I was crying as I was yelling. It was a very emotional day for everyone. I don't know if I've had cry. I'm I'm sure whether they cried there or afterwards. I'm sure. (laughs) But um, yeah, there's been times you got to you got to drop the hammer on them. Yeah. Um, And it's. uh, But again, if you. In those speeches, at least I know when I give my speeches, you're just hoping you do it in a way that's going to get your point across. Yeah, You do it in a way that they know that you're not doing it to be a jerk. Yeah. You're doing it because you care. You're doing it because you know how they can play. You know that they're yeah. not – like you want to you wanna inspire them. You want to get them to be better. Yeah. You're not just being that – that get off my lawn, mm-hmm. like grumpy old man. Um, well, we've made a lot of old man references That's today. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, – those speeches are fun. Yeah. It was not fun. For me, at They're least. fun. You I mean, it was – so I, I think I like blacked it out, but I was like – but I was speaking from the heart, and it was just one of those games – Man, we should have won. You know when you should win? Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with games, too, where, like, you should win and you lose, but it was a good game. Oh, yeah. Like, it was, we should have won. It should have been a good game, but we lost by, like, more than 10. And it was just because, like, we, I, I don't even know. It was Oof. just one of those th- weird off games. Yeah. I don't think we caught a single pass the entire time, and they just, like, gave up on it. They got, and, like. I think they gave up on each other, and they were getting f- frustrated with each other, and like, yeah, and it uh, one bad thing snowballs to a whole game worth yeah. of bad things. And then it was like on me too because I was having a hard time figuring out. Like I was trying to like change different things or changing different lineups, and I feel like at the end it was it was not good. Yeah, 
And I think that's what people don't realize is, especially in sports like soccer and lacrosse, Mm -hmm. where you're out there, like, sometimes you literally have to make adjustments on the fly. A lot of times you have to make adjustments on the fly, where I know there's been games in soccer where within five minutes, I'm like, okay, this this ain't working because yeah. in five minutes they've pounded like three shots on net, four shots on net. We haven't even gotten the ball across half. Yeah. We've got to change it up. It's either moving this person back, dropping this person back, switching to different tactics. I'm sure the same thing is in mm-hmm. lacrosse, whereas in some games, you know, like football, basketball, you can typically make your adjustments at the end yeah. of the quarter, at the end of the half. You can call a timeout. All right, guys, bring it in. You can't – well, do they have timeouts in lacrosse? We do. I used both of them that game. <laughs> you get two per game? You get two, yeah. I, sometimes I wish – that was the one thing I loved about coaching modified soccer. Mm-hmm. In the, most of the times I forgot you get a timeout, but you get one timeout per game. Yeah. I would love it if they had that in high school soccer, but you're not – like you're shouting instructions yeah. the entire time. Uh, or if somebody's coming in, hey, Megan, tell uh, tell – the center back to do this or tell this or whatever you're yeah. you're almost sending people in there as subs just to tell them what you need to do yeah. although a lot of times the girls have no problem hearing me on the sidelines i was gonna so, say i struggle with that so really if you couldn't one of my tell <laughs> it's funny one of my old friends from high school she was actually in the stands and i didn't know she was in the stands mm-hmm. um after the game, I'm walking off the field and I, you know, she yells over to me and we get to talking. She's like, yeah, she's like at the opening whistle, like five minutes, like a couple minutes in the game, you're yelling or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm like, is that Larry? And she knew some of the parents. Yeah. She went to one. She's like, is Larry Monahan the coach or whatever? I can tell by his yell. <laughs> that's all. That's exactly what she did. She just could tell from my yell yeah. and, and everything. So it's just. Um, a lot of times there are games where you're in soccer, you're like, you, you lose your voice. Oh, I did not have a voice the last two weeks of our season. Yeah. I like lost it. I was sick. It was, it was hard. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's hazard of the game. Yeah. But, um, it is, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, I, I wish there were timeouts in yeah. soccer. And again, I don't need like basketball they have like a million timeouts i mean you can call timeouts all over the place just give me one and a half yeah one and a half that's all i really need that way if something's going wrong like hey timeout let's bring it in here you should have one each half i agree that's listen i'm gonna make that proposal i'm gonna gonna get that changed that's that's my new mission in life that's my (laughs) new mission in life adding timeouts to high school soccer yes i like it i think it could work i'm on board let's get it done Start time to start a petition. I will say though, for me though, after like I yelled at them and they cried and I cried because it was just a really rough game for everyone. Um, we like turned it around after that. Then see, that, that was I mean. a good speech. And I know, like I said, I feel like I, I blacked out the first part of it. And even my varsity coach, because they had a game right after, she's like, "I've never seen you this upset." And I was like, "But it, it maybe you know you can tell me. I think sometimes, especially if you're that I don't want to call you a laid back coach, but yeah. if you're that positive coach, that 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 just overall happy coach, I think the kids need to see sometimes you really like pissed off yeah. because then it 
at least as an athlete, I know there's been times where I've had coaches, blah, blah, and when they rip in on you, you look like, ooh, we messed up. Yeah. Just because, and then on the flip side, you get that coach that is barking all game long and yelling and yelling. After a while, you just tone it out. Like, mm-hmm. dude, just shut up. Yeah. You're always mad. Get away from me. I like, And their message might be a great message, mm-hmm. but you just tune it out. So I think the fact that you really, I don't want to say you, well, if you ripped into them, but you yeah. really dropped the hammer on them. I ended it on the classic because they were like all upset. I'm like, remember, I want you to remember what this feels like. And one of them was like, I don't want to, it hurts. And I was like, good i'm like it should hurt like remember how this feels and don't let yourself feel this way ever again it sinks in it sinks in that's fantastic yeah and um we just had sectionals this past weekend and we had a four by eight team that was really our guys four by eight team was really they were primed to go to states Mm um they needed to win the relay they were ranked number one coming in and we got beat by orchard park yeah Orchard Park, great relay team. I mean, they are they, they good at all sports because they're really so. good at lacrosse. They've just, I, I, I sometimes I think some of the Bills players just, you know, go back to high school and play in their spot, or okay. they they just dominate. Orchard Park has a great program, um, and they they beat us, you know, fair and simple. Yeah. And one of our one of our athletes, like our four eight like senior, took it really hard, like in the tent, like just dejected. Um, you know, borderline in tears. Mm-hmm. In fact, might have been shedding a few tears. And, you know, as a coach, you just kind of go over them. You know, listen, I, I, in fact, I told him this, I love the fact that you're taking it this hard. Yeah. Because it shows that you care. Mm-hmm. It shows that you put your heart and soul into it. It shows that, you know, you and just from your practices, the hard work you put in, that everything, you gave it your all. The race just didn't go our way. Yeah. You know, that's that's the beauty of sports. Mm-hmm. It's also what sucks about sports. Absolutely. You know, the wins are great. The losses, losses. are tough. But you're going to learn from this. This is going to make you, this is just going to build your character. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to take this on whether you choose to run at the next level, whether you just you know, this is a life lesson you learn for whatever career path you want to choose. Yeah. And the kid is a fantastic kid. Um, I love those kids. Just a great kid. <laughs> um, and uh, I'll give him a little shout out because he listens. And Rami did a fantastic job all year. He's the epitome of what you want from senior leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you never want to see your kids take it that hard. Yeah. But at the same time, you're happy that you're seeing them take Absolutely. it that hard. Absolutely. Because you know it, it means that much to them. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, just sitting there, and I don't think people realize that even in sports, especially nowadays, as a coach, you're not just a coach. You're a guidance counselor. You're, oh, my gosh, yeah. A, you're a cheerleader. You're somebody who's going to either get you to calm down, get you fired up, you know, say the right thing. Yeah. You're You're just, for some of these kids, you're either a, a father figure or a mother figure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just... You're a lot of things to these kids. Yeah. You you develop a you know you, do. you develop a great rapport with them. You develop you know coach athlete relationship yeah. with them. I mean it's it's not it, it it's not just coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's great. Now speaking of like speeches, are you like a big speech giver? 
before games or so do you it's, still it's really weird because sometimes i i try to be and sometimes i am and then other times i just like am not <laughs> really yeah that was one thing i was always just and it's funny because even in games like whether it's halftime whether it's beginning of the game end of the game i'll always give a speech or yeah. i'll always you know whether i fire everybody up whether i calm them down i always try to especially i, I think i'm thinking more like beginning of the game i always try to think about what I want to say and what I want them to work on and I'll give them like a little speech. I think sometimes they're more involved and then sometimes it's like a quick like, hey, like, you know what you have to do. We've been talking about this and I don't want to like freak them out too much by going over a lot and just like send them out there. Oh, yeah. And that's why I loved working with Jamie because she would be more of like the tactician, but like, all right, um, this person's doing this, this person's doing that, focus on this, focus on that. Not to say that I haven't done that before, but she was definitely better at that. And then afterwards, like after she's done with that, I'm the more, okay, let's, you know, rah, rah, let's get fired up. Let's get this. Let's get that. And it's funny because even at the banquet, um, this was the first time I took – this past soccer banquet was the first time I took Vicky, uh, my wife, to the banquet. And I remember she was talking with Jamie and Jamie looks – one thing she said to Vicky, she was like – you know, your husband is great in giving pep talks and speeches and that. She's like, you must love it at home. And I started laughing before Vicky <laughs> even said anything. And she kind of looks. She's like, yeah, but it gets annoying after a while. You are, though. Like, I mean, and things, I get like, it. working at Park, you were always like, yeah, you got this. Like, And after a while, like, even now, like, I'll give the – I'll start the quote-unquote pep talk to – uh, Sarah, our stepdaughter, who's in college now, or or Vicky, and after what they're yeah. like, okay, 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 enough. You made your Thank point, you. <laughs> and I get it. And after a while, I'm even look like it's gotten to the point. Well, now I'll talk or whatever, and I'll just look at her expression and I'll say, I spoke too much, didn't I? Then she'll be like, Yeah. It's yeah. because you care. It's because I care, <laughs> but at the same time, I know just. Day in and day out, I'd be, I'd probably be sick of me too. I'd be like, shut up. Never. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess as I, you could get a little too, uh, too much with the speeches. Yeah. But it's all in good fun. Um, now we were talking about this a little bit before we started uh, taping. Um, with the younger generation, and you kind of mentioned this a little bit about your up and down season yeah. for lacrosse. Do you think it's just um, the younger generation is kind of looking at sports a little differently or looking at where it's – I don't want to say that their will to win isn't there or their competitive nature isn't there, but it's just different. It is, and I think – I don't know. It's it's hard to explain because – like I said, this was honestly I think the most talented team I've ever had, and I realize too they're a young team, so – Certain things, like, they would still, I don't know, like, in the cross, when you catch the ball, you have to kind of, like, secure it in your stick before you start to cradle. And mm-hmm. when you're first learning, a lot of people, like, really pay attention to that. Like, oh, like, I did catch it. And then they'll look up. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the time, like, we were still, they were, like, really making sure they would, like, secure something and miss an opportunity, like, an open cutter or something. Uh... So it was a lot of that because we're young. But I think most of it was we really struggled mentally. Like, I think that was really our struggle this year was we had such a hard time, like, getting our mentality up and, like, upbeat and just we would, like, hit lows. And I I don't know. And I don't know if it's, like, maybe – I don't know. 
like just didn't know how to maybe get yourself out of the lows yeah. or didn't... and like don't get me wrong i understand and in college we used to call it like a hype level like everyone has their hype level you're oh, either sure. like a 10 before games you're dancing around trying to hype yourself up or you might be someone that needs like peace and quiet meditation put your headphones in you know what i mean oh absolutely so it, it wasn't like that kind of getting like hyped or not hyped it was just yeah like i think there were games that they would go out there and um they'd be like okay yeah we're playing it's lacrosse and like if we win it's it's oh if we don't win or if this happens like they just like didn't care almost which is hard (laughs) it's hard but i I get it because sometimes you get kids that they just you don't want to say they're not putting in the work because they are putting in the work yeah i'd say uh, the majority of whether it's track and field, whether it's soccer that I've coached, I'd say 99.9% of the kids are putting in the work. Yeah. Um, but it's just – for me – well, I told you, my high school soccer team, we lost every single game. Yeah. In four years of soccer, varsity, so we lost every single game, which sucks. Yeah. It's okay. But even those losses, even when we would go and – I mean we knew going into games – there was no way we were beating a Luport. Mm. There was no way we were beating a Grand Island. But those losses still hurt. Yeah, you still go out there. You give it your all. You fight. You you fight, and those losses still yeah. hurt. Those bus rides were still like silent mm-hmm. at at you know on road trips coming back. Um, but even on travel teams, where that's where I don't want to say my competitive soccer came in, but that's where we were a lot better. Mm-hmm. We were winning tournaments. We were winning games. Yeah. Those tough two to one losses, those tough one, nothing losses. Um, you, they stuck with you. Like yeah. it just, it brought you down. There were times, even in coaching, there are times to this day, I'll think back of games that like I coached in, but like, man, there's like, it just sucks. Like, how did we lose that game? Yeah. Or could I have done something different mm-hmm. to whatever? But um, I don't know. Nowadays, it just seems like, and again, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But by the time you get back on the bus, it's music's blaring. Oh my gosh, kids yeah. are joking around. Kids are laughing. Kids. I'm so glad you brought that up because like that was one of the big things. Like we'd have a loss and you know we'd meet at the end and we'd talk about it and we'd be like upset but okay. And then as soon as we're back on the bus, it's like everyone's like upbeat and like happy and music is on. Yeah. And it's, it's just weird. like you don't want to be again, you don't want to I don't want to come across as that grouchy old guy but like you guys need to have every single loss stay with you and well, but at the I mean. same time yeah. y- y- there's got to be well, like that's the thing. There's got to be some kind of. I I don't want them being upset and miserable about it all night. I don't, and I no. I think there is a time like you have to accept what happened and like be able to get over it, but like still kind of keep that with you. But I feel like it was just I don't want to say a lack of caring because they did care. Absolutely, and I don't know. Again, absolutely, I, I think the world has changed so much over the past like three to four years now. I don't know when COVID happened and everything's different. Um, and I don't know if it's just like kids have changed so like listeners if this is happening to your team i don't i don't know it was such a weird season though it was the first time i've ever dealt with it where it was just like this weird vibe wave we were riding yeah i don't know if that's a and put that but (laughs) it's just like i said i I don't want the kids to be miserable after it i don't want them going home and crying i don't want any of that either but at the same time, 
just, I don't know, maybe I guess in some games after a tough loss, um, I don't want to say disappointed, but you're a little shocked at like how quickly they're over it. Yeah. Um, Because I know especially there are games that, I mean, it took me a solid day or two Mm -hmm. to get over, whether I was coaching or playing. Yeah. You know, it's just, I I always talk to, in fact, after close games as a coach, I'll be like, listen, we're not going to talk about this now. We got the 24-hour rule. We'll talk about this tomorrow at practice. You know, just go home. Ever or get on the bus, whatever. We'll we'll deal with what we did right. We'll deal with what we did wrong. We'll deal with whatever tomorrow. Just yeah. almost like you want to say, just kind of sleep it off. And that's I actually I think it was like our first or second loss this year. Um, I had the same thing. We lost, and it wasn't again. It, it was a loss where like they weren't playing their best, but they weren't playing bad. And I'm I was almost wondering it if it's like. They just are so young, they don't know how to actually push themselves yet or, like, what their best is and how to, like, push themselves to be that way. But after, or like, yeah, first or second loss, that's what I did. I was like, honestly, I'm like, I don't have much to say right now. I think I just kind of need to process this game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it wasn't a bad game, but I was like, do you guys think it was our best game? And they're like, no. So it was like, I'm like, let's just, like, take mm-hmm. the 24 hours and we'll come back. And we talked about it tomorrow. And the thing is, like, they always knew what they were, like, doing right or wrong. And, like, we could talk about it. So they were very aware of everything. Oh, yeah. It was just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a weird even, year. I mean, even after a win, you know, obviously you're fired up, especially if it's yeah. a close win. You'll just look but like, all right, this is a great win. Let's go home. You guys can go celebrate. Yeah. Have fun. Enjoy it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. Because at that point, anything that you say to them, they're so, you know, jacked they're, up. Yeah. They're just like, okay, okay, when can we go when can we go give our parents a high five or hug our parents yeah. or whatever? Let's just let's get on the bus. Um so there's always I feel like there's there's always the twenty four hour rule. Mm-hmm. But uh again, I don't want to say that you know, it's it's a fact that the kids aren't caring about the sports. Because, mm-hmm. again, if you're going to play a sport, if you're going to go through all those hard practices, go yeah. through all that hard work, you better care. Absolutely. Um, but it's just, I don't know, maybe kids just rebound quicker yeah. than we do. I think I don't for me, know. too, and I, I think this is just something I had to tell myself all season was, like, they're a very young team. They're a very young JV team. And, yeah. like, they just need more experience. And, like, they're still trying to figure out what they want, you know. Now, that's the one thing, especially in pro, this is more pro sports and even in college sports. Sometimes you hear the adage, like when you get in the playoffs, like they're, they don't have the experience or they're too young of a team. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes they'll be like, you know, they're, they're so young. They don't know that this is a high profile game or that they're in the finals or in the semifinals. Do you feel like when you get into those big games, when you get in the championship level, even at college, do you feel like there's that? "Quote unquote experience level that you need, or is that just a little bit too much, uh, too much made of, like too much talked about?" That's such a hard question because I think there is. I think there's. I mean, even take it with the Bills and like, am I allowed to? Speak you could. For, I don't soon, want to. I'm no, no, poorly, no. You can. But like, yeah. I mean, I think even like Josh Allen, like it was like his first time. I don't even know. Was it two years ago? The thirteen seconds. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but he had been to the playoffs before that, so or he I, did have the experience. Yeah, but I, um, I, I think too, I, and I think with experience, it's not necessarily like needing more experience to become a better player at that level. But I think definitely 
some people don't understand the pressure and the pressure can be a lot. It absolutely can. And I definitely think there are there are versions of pressure games, even, you know, whether you're playing a rival, whether you're in the playoffs, whether it's a sectional game um, or even just, a you know, a game against a team that you don't like. Yeah, it's there's always going to be pressure there from situ- from certain situations. But for me, even as a player. I never really I never really looked at pressure games as pressure games. Yeah. I just looked at them as games as this is just another game. Yeah. I'm going out there and I'm playing center mid. Nothing different. It's not like all of a sudden in this pressure game I'm playing right forward yeah. or I'm dropping back and playing left defender or I'm playing god forbid in goal. Mm-hmm. I'm playing the same position or I'm playing in that midfield, or I'm playing the same game that I've played since I was, I don't know, five years old, six years old. Yeah. It's, I always just had that mentality. Well, and I agree, because I I'm, feel I'm the same way. Like, pressure was never a big thing for me. Like, I get nervous, obviously, but, and maybe it's just a goalie thing, like, every game is a high-pressure game. Oh, God, there's, I would never want to play goal it's in anything. the best position, but. I'm telling you, but, it, and that just goes to the position, you've got to be that type of person but i'll say like even though the pressure didn't bother me i think like mentally when i was first starting off like a freshman sophomore in high school my stick was completely flat on the end because i would hit it so hard against my post because i'd get so frustrated (laughs) with myself and it wasn't that i'd like actually lose my cool and like play poorly but i would be just so frustrated i'd like need to get that out but like then as i got older i didn't do that anymore because i could just like yeah let it go so i feel like there is like at some point but I feel like that's just learning and evolving yeah. as a player. I don't know if that's letting the pressure get to you or not True. being a pressure player. I think that's just, I mean, Jesus, if you look at me like how I played the game as a seventh grader, eighth grader, as opposed to how I played the game as a senior, mm-hmm. I was a totally different player. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, um, just I don't think it was more of me cracking under the pressure or even rising to the pressure. I just learned by adapting. I learned by seeing, having, uh, at that point I had, I think in my high school career, I had one, two, three, four different coaches, three different coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn a little bit from each coach, even travel coaches. I had a, numbers thro- a number throughout yeah. the year. But even just playing with different teammates or playing against different people, you learn, you pick up different tricks of the trade. Yeah. Um, so there were stuff, there was things that I didn't know as a seventh grader that I knew as a senior um, or I, even I now. I imagine that too at the professional level happens because in you'd think of it, you're probably used, if you're playing pro, you're probably like the best of the best your entire career getting oh, to that yeah. point. So like I feel like when you go pro and you're like playing professional, then everyone's finally kind of at the same level as you, if not better. And I think that's where you get into the fact where some people – don't necessarily you get athletes that they only have to work like this hard because they're just so much much more better better. yeah whether they're bigger whether they're faster whether they're stronger but like you said when you get into the same league where everybody is big fast strong talented or you at that point 
you either know how to push yourself harder yeah. or you're just going to stay at that same level and crumble. And I feel like that happening to you as an adult is almost even harder, like dealing with the pressure, because if you were so good all those years, like you're handling pressure fine because you're good. But as an adult, like you've never had to deal with that and you never had to like learn that as a seventh grader. And then you're like, okay with it that young to like grow and be better. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like with coaching um, or even just solid parenting, you kind yeah. of, you know, can see which kids are going to be able to handle it and which kids won't. Yeah. Um, for me, I always thought the biggest adjustment in any um, form of athletics is when you make that jump from modified to JV yeah. or even when you just get into the JV level. Like whether you're playing before you're before if you skip as a seventh grader and go right to JV, mm-hmm. whether you're playing little league or or whatever, I think just once you get to that JV level, I think that's where you see that bigger biggest jump in development and that biggest jump in just talent. Where you're someone that went from modified to varsity. Ooh, look at you. <laughs> Listen, I'm so old. We didn't even have a modified team what? <laughs> in those days. We just had JV and varsity. But yeah, even when you make that jump from modified to varsity yeah. in particular. But um, I think at those levels, that's where you just, you really see what kid is going to go to that next level. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I think it's a lot of times having those modified coaches I don't want to say they're more important than a varsity than a varsity coach, but it's just as important as no, that varsity I, coach or I that JV coach. Believe it, and like my program's gone through it. Like we've been kind of going through modified coaches. Like we've been having a hard time keeping someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like when you kind of throw in someone, and I'll even say this to myself, who doesn't know a position and like trying to coach modified, it's hard because like you are. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I'm you losing, just you you don't want to <laughs> you know if you're not co- if you're not familiar coaching that position yeah. you don't want to you don't want to mess them up no, for the yeah. next level you don't want to give them because it all starts at that modified position. oh absolutely and especially and, and I get exactly what you're saying because you don't want to teach them you don't want to go a whole season or even if they play for you seventh and eighth grade a yeah. whole two years with teaching them how to play defense or midfield or whatever this way. And then when they get to the JV level, the JV coach looks at you like, wait, where did you learn that? You're yeah. not supposed to be doing that. So absolutely, you want to build them the fundamentals the right way. Yeah. So it's absolutely important. Um, speaking of what's important, um, you ready for the all-important hot seat questions? Oh, my gosh. I forgot you did this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Was, it has been a long it's time. Been now, a while. now have you been on since where I give the questions but you give the questions too? So have you gone that back like we um, we I have think, our guests give I questions think we've now done it too. back and forth, yes. Okay. Um so yeah, Matt and I part of it because we want to, you know, have them come up with their questions too. Part of it is cuz we're a little lazy and we can't come up with five questions. Yeah. But but yeah, we do the back and forth <laughs> hot seat question. So I've been thinking of this one this will be a good question. I think you'll like this one. Okay. If you had your choice right now, we'll stick with lacrosse because that's your sport, but you can make it any sport you want. Okay. If you could be either a player at the pro level, so for you, pro go- or pro, pro whatever, yeah. pro level, a coach at the pro level, or a general manager like who architects the whole team. I would not want that. <laughs> okay. Well, we know what one of those answers are. 
what would be like everything completely like boom, like a genie, your wish is granted. Which of those three would you want to be either player, coach, or general manager at the highest possible level of whatever sport you pick? I will say. And what sport would it be? I'm guessing lacrosse, but. I have a high respect for general managers. I just don't think I can do that job. That's too much pressure. Okay. That's why. That's why that was really quick. I just don't think I could do that. Yeah, you were like, you didn't (laughs) even get finished. You were like, general, nope. I'm like, that would stress me out too much. (laughs) Every, Every day would be a mental breakdown. Um. You know, I think, I mean, I, I would say lacrosse and I would say I'd want to play. I would play at the professional level. Now, would you still be goaltender or would you play oh, like absolutely. on the field? Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I think that probably would always be my answer, but I am hesitant now because I, I do love coaching. Okay. And I didn't realize I would love coaching as much as I do. So, like, I feel like I would enjoy coaching pro, but I think I would prefer to play. Okay. Now, I forget, there there is a difference between indoor and outdoor lacrosse or whatever. Yes. Would you be more on the, would you want to do as a player more on the outside, like outdoor or more on the indoor? Um. So, and actually, this is something, correct me if I'm wrong, not you, anyone else, because you probably don't know either. I don't think there's indoor women's lacrosse, like box lacrosse. Ooh, that's I good, mean, th- that's... Because box lacrosse is the inside, right? And I know um, women do play at box lacrosse, but I think it's like more co-ed teams. I don't think okay. there's like a true like women's league for it and again i could be wrong and i've never heard of it but i'm i'm there might be um so outdoor for sure okay and i as a goalie don't think i would want to be a box lacrosse goalie because that's just too much equipment and i don't think i would like not is the box is there more equipment for a box have you seen or like the band or i've watched a little bit of a bandits game i've i'll be honest do you see their goalies they are huge they're ginormous there's so much padding they take up that whole goal i was gonna say in all honesty every and i and shame on me for doing this every year during bandit season i keep saying you know what i'm gonna go see a game i'm gonna go see a game i'm gonna go see a game and i've never we're gonna go to a game this year you know we'll get we'll get ian vicky we'll just all go I've never gone to a game and they won. I mean, what was it to you this past Saturday? They won the entire championship, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, in fact, I think they're the only Buffalo team that has won a championship, a major championship. I'm going to say it. Lacrosse is better than everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, I mean, congratulations to the Bandits. But um, is it that much? Are the Is it that much more padding on a indoor so I am going to pull up a picture, I think, for you of a box lacrosse goalie and just paint a picture. My for What I wore, I did not wear any leg pads, um, so no shin guards. I was going to no say, for pads. outdoor, I still find it insane how little um, the goaltenders wear. Um, I would wear a chest protector, but it would be very, like, very tight to my body, so it wasn't like super bulky. Um, I wore a helmet and I wore gloves, and that was all I wore and what Jeez. a lot of goalies. So box lacrosse goalie. I was going to say, isn't – and even your chest protector, isn't it basically like uh, almost – I want to say like a catcher's chest protector? Like it's it's pretty thin. Oh, yeah. It is. And now – so I didn't have the luxury, but now it's like very thick and protected around like your heart. So yeah, before, makes like sense. When, when I wore mine, it wasn't – like now it's like this huge like plastic guard in front of your chest. Um, it's still very close to you though. Yeah. It's not like very bulky. But like this – Oh my god, <laughs> that's like putting a truck in net. Like that is, and that's like I just don't understand. I would, I don't know how I would move with all that on. At that point, do you even need to move? There's that's like what, like maybe up a, the whole goal. There's a quarter of an inch to yeah. shoot at. I mean, that's that's a wow. 
Yeah, if I had that guy in that, I'd be like, listen, just stand here. <laughs> if you get tired, maybe sit down a little bit. Put your rack, like, put your, yeah. your stick up. But, wow. That's... Okay. How about you? Me, I'd, I'd have to be the general manager. Okay. I, I think at this point. I, I Again, love playing. Really love coaching. I think it'd be cool to just have my hands in everything, whether yeah. it's picking out the players, making trades, hiring coaches, doing all that. Like, okay, I so would I just see that. Do you do like fantasy leagues? I do. In so, fact, okay. I do it. I, I see that. See, I've fantasy been in, stresses me out. <laughs> I don't do a ton of them. I do one through the studio here and then one through uh, with a bunch of park camp people. Like oh, okay. Dan Myers, oh, nice. um, Chris Mazaros, a lot of those guys. We've been doing it, uh, Bill Froman. We've been doing it for, I think this will be year number 12, 13, yeah. 14, maybe even longer. Um, so we, uh, a lot of us do it, have done it throughout the years and you do it for bragging rights. You do it for this. Um, but it's just a lot of fun, but no, at this point I would love to be that general manager just to have your hands in everything. Um, I do kind of fear though, that I'd be that general manager that just after a while, like just goes to every practice goes on the bench. I'd have to like have somebody be like, no, 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 you're up there. Yeah. Just relax. So, but I think that'd be cool to be a general manager. All right. Same question, but I'm going to throw in an announcer in there too. What would you do? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I love to talk. I know you do. <laughs> oh, um, you know what? I, I still think I'd be general manager okay. i respect i really that. do i really do it'd be a it'd be a i would love to have the option of doing like hey somebody i would love that actual you, you either get this or general this general manager that also announces the games that is true while the games are going on you know i really As have nothing general manager you can make that rule for yourself <laughs> this is how it is <laughs> no but i'd still choose general manager mm-hmm. Um, I think announcing would definitely be the funner of the jobs. Oh, for sure. But, yeah, I'd do general manager. All right, question number two. You got one? You really put me on the spot uh, I'm putting here. you on the spot. That's part of their hot seat. Um, oh, I get it. It's a hot seat. You're on yeah, the spot. That makes see? sense. Okay. There we go. Um, Larry, <laughs> what is a floppy disk? That's what you put in the computer. <laughs> so, no, I've been asking – my kids 90s trivia to see like what they do and don't know and some of it's painful for me who was born in the 90s but like things like that like what's a floppy disk i was gonna say yeah i'm sure none of none of the kids what are the yellow pages did any of your kids know what the heck you were talking about some of them do and i will say stranger things have taught them i was gonna say actually yeah they probably know all that from there but uh no i I'm honestly surprised. Like you're, you, you couldn't have, you, you couldn't have used a floppy disk. Oh, I, I know what it is, though. Yeah, you know. But no, I never used. One. No, I remember. I mean, even uh, you remember Oregon Trail? You're, oh yeah, the computer game. Yeah, love that. It was back in the day when we would play it at elementary school. You would have to, you know, put the floppy mm-hmm. disk, play it. Once you got about halfway through, you'd have to take the disk out, flip it over, and put it in on the other side. That's so funny. And at the same time, you only get like 30 minutes for a special, so you're trying to zip through it yeah. real quick. Like, quick, flip it, flip it, flip it, That's so that you don't funny. run out of time, like, and everybody's leaving. You're like, no, I'm like 10 miles from Oregon. No. That's actually so funny. But um, That's not my real question. All right. I just wanted to I was going to say, that's too easy. Because it's just been the questions I've been asking my kids lately. Absolutely. Um, 
Do you have any tattoos, or is there a tattoo you would get? I don't have any tattoos. Um, I always said that if there, if I was going to get a tattoo, and again, this is a big if. I don't know if I ever will. It would be. It would have to be a tattoo that would be like incredibly meaningful. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm not that. Like my brother now. And again, I'm not saying that all his tattoos aren't meaningful, but my brother, uh, my younger brother, Joey, completely tatted oh, yeah. up. And he's, in fact, you'd get a kick out of him. Like, he's, he was a big artist. Mm-hmm. Like, he actually would go to the tattoo. Like, he would draw yeah. the tattoos, go to the tattoo artist, be like, all right, put this on here. Like, put this. Like, he's got the whole sleeve down the arm. Yeah. Um, so he did, he was big into cartoon characters. So he would have, like, I think it, he's got... I think it's on his right shoulder. He's got uh, like a lot of the cartoon characters on there, mm-hmm. but he drew it all himself. He's got a number of tats. I love that. Um, so he was the big tat guy. I'm not saying I wouldn't get one, but if I did, it would have to be something meaningful. And I'd probably put it somewhere like on the yeah. shoulder or on the, the shoulder blade on the back. Um, somewhere where I could, you know, see it, but at the same point, cover it up too. Yeah. So... I see you've got – is that just the one that you've got yeah, on your I just arm? have the one. I, now, I you, got it in February. I was going to say, that's so, relatively new. Is yeah. it – for what, – what, so, how would you describe and it? And here's the thing. I've waited this – I've I've known I've wanted a tattoo since I was like a teenager. Okay. Um, and I love tattoos. I hope someday – I hope my mom never hears this. I hope to get a, <laughs> like a sleeve. I want to work up to like having a sleeve. Really? Yeah. Um, but I'm the same way that I want everything to I get to be meaningful, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to be like random about it. And who knows that might change because after getting this, I just want tattoos now. So <laughs> <laughs> people say that like once you get one, like yeah. you get addicted oh to gosh, it really I, quickly. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, it was great. But it is a paper crane, and there's some calla lilies with it. And I always wanted a tattoo to like be meaningful. And my first year teaching was the COVID year. And it was this really crazy thing. And I, as I was going, I'm like, okay, I always figured I don't want a tattoo. Like the first year I start teaching, just like that was such a like milestone of a year for me. Oh, for sure. Um, and then my aunt, who was a big reason I wanted to be a teacher, passed away unexpected, unexpectedly, like, I don't know, three weeks before I was hired for my first position. Oh. So it was like a really rough time. Um so that whole year was really hard. It was like COVID things were happening. I used to like call her all the time when I was student teaching and working with kids. So it was just like this really emotional year. Um, but the first lesson that I felt went really, really well and was online was I did the Tale of a Thousand Paper Cranes. Okay. Um, and like it was like one of those things, you know, I left the Zoom meeting and then the next class, like a bunch of my kids like had paper cranes and origami they had made just like on their own. And you feel good. You're like, oh, my oh gosh, for sure. they're like taking this thing and they're doing it. And it was just like a really good lesson. Like they were all really involved. It went really, really well. Um, so I came across a tattoo artist in Buffalo who's trying to tattoo a thousand paper cranes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm like, that's amazing because like I really love the story, too. Um, it was like one of the first lessons that was went so well my first year teaching, and I asked him if he could throw in some calla lilies because he used to paint my aunt calla lilies all the time. So Aww. that was like now. My did, did you draw the tattoo? So the crane is no, I di- I didn't, and that's the thing is like I always told myself I would be the one designing my own tattoos and have someone like tattoo them on me. But I saw his, I love his style. I saw his cranes. I'm like, and I told him that too. I'm like, I think this is the first time I've ever like seen someone's like tattoo art and i've been like i want that on my body oh that's awesome and it was just like one of those things that kind of all happened 
in the right time. It just everything just came yeah, together. Everything came together. It was really nice. That's so, awesome. And you got that yeah. in February, you said? I got it in February. Now, did it? I gotta ask. Did it hurt? So I didn't think so. Um, and I think maybe it's just the placement. It's on my arm. So yeah, I was gonna um, say it's it's like on the bicep. It was I. <laughs> I joke. The first, the thing that hurt the most was they have to like shape the spot they tattoo. Was I got like razor burn over here, <laughs> and I'm like that honestly was probably the worst part about it was the razor burn hurt the most. Um, but it was weirdly relaxing. Okay. I told them I'm like if we weren't having a conversation, I probably would fall asleep right now. So <laughs> I don't know. Was was Ian or anybody there with you no, when you got it? Just me. Just you. Yeah. Okay. It was a good time. Yeah, I guess they say the the most painful ones are like on the ankle. Yeah. Or um what is it on the shoulder blade? Uh or I forgot. The ankle and somewhere else. Like There's, I guess cuz it's like, closer to the nerves. Can be hard too cuz it's like it depends. I think if you're like anywhere there's like bone, yeah. I imagine is not great. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But good question. Good question. All right. Question 3. All right, you know what? This is an interesting one. Okay. After a tough loss, whether a player or a coach, after a tough loss, one thing that is a surefire way to cheer you up, whether it's reading a favorite book, watching a TV show, going out and grabbing favorite meals, snack, um, even just going home and sleeping, like one taking a bath, whatever. One thing that's... You do this, and instantly it gets Happy Megan back. So that's such a hard question because I feel like I do take things really personally, and even after losses, um, I always knew. I like I always know and knew you can't let them hold you back, and you have to like get over it and like move forward. But I would say sleep. I think that was it. I would just need to like come home. I wouldn't do things like I wouldn't want to watch TV. I wouldn't want to like do anything i just need to be alone with myself and then okay. uh, i would say sleep sleep was probably it okay and then when you wake up you're like oh it's a new day <laughs> for me i would always just go home and try to whether it was throw on netflix and watch seinfeld mm-hmm. um or a funny movie a funny like just something funny yeah something that i didn't have to think about something the, the stupider the for me a one of my go-to favorites would be the Three Stooges. Okay. Something you just didn't have to think about and could sit and just say, laugh. As a coach, though, I will say cooking. That's, like, become Ooh. a thing for me. I like it. I, I love just, cooking. like, cutting vegetables, doing something kind of mindless. I'll throw on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully stories from the sidelines. I was going to say, usually it's true crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's – I love cooking, too. But yeah. for me, it's – and I – cooking is my de-stressor. Absolutely. Yeah. But – um. For me, after like a tough loss or something, I would just try to watch something yeah. funny. And even I if like I've just got to force myself to laugh, like just something funny. All right. Question. What are we on? Four? four. Question four. Right? One, two. Yeah, three. we do. Yeah, okay. Four. Oh, um, looking around <laughs> the room for Speaking of stressful. <laughs> um, Larry. Okay. Do you have a favorite game? Whether it's a board game, video game, it can be any kind of game. Do you have a favorite game? Not a sport game. Soccer doesn't count. <laughs> Ooh, okay, so I can't say Madden for video be, games? Well, okay. no. Ma- well, I'm like, right, it's as sports, long as it's, it's like a video game, I just meant like playing sports. Okay. Like a- um, I mean, I lo- it's funny. The older I got, the only real uh, video game that I really play anymore is Madden. Okay. Um, I'll usually buy uh, 
for the Xbox either every year or every other year I'll buy the new Madden game. Um, yeah, I know. I'm still a, like, 12-year-old at heart. That is okay. <laughs> I, I fell in love with video games this year, so... Oh, okay. What's your What's your favorite? Okay. Don't judge me. <laughs> that was, like, um, GTA with Grand no, Theft Auto? can you imagine... I never really had video games growing up. We never really had a system. Um, my dad had an Atari, so like my brother and I would play on the Atari. Love it, super old Love it. school. That's where I got my start um, from. But like, I never really had anything. I had a DS, but like again, games were so expensive. I feel like I really didn't yeah. play it, and I'd rather just be outside. Um, Ian convinced me to buy a Nintendo Switch for myself. Okay, and it took me a while. Like I've played games, but I'm not like obsessive about it. Let me tell you, the Legend of Zelda. Ah. Especially um, Tears of the Kingdom just came out, and then I was playing, is it Breath of the Wild? Yeah. I think that's what it's called. I am obsessed. <laughs> like, I have never... I could see that being a Megan game. I, I could see that. I told Dean, I'm like, I've never been able to just sit down and play video games for five hours and not realize five hours have passed. Like, happened for the first time, and I was so... Like, I don't know if I felt, like, ashamed or proud or... <laughs> <laughs> a little of both. A little yeah, of both. Yeah, but, oh my gosh. Yeah, I know, uh, like, Mark, a good buddy of mine... Um, uh, even Chris Mitro, a lot of them got into like the Legends of Zelda. Yeah. I mean, this was years, even nowadays. Oh, yeah. In fact, you would have loved this. I think it was about three years ago at Kleinhands, they did a whole thing on just the Legends of Zelda music, like music okay. from like the whole and that is one show thing I love, was dedicated the, to it. The music for the Legends <laughs> of Zelda is amazing. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of orchestras do stuff from it yeah. too. I just I just around. never really got into those games. Again, just wasn't my I was always more of sports games, typical phys ed teacher. And that's okay. That's okay. And I that's awesome. But if I'm going like board game, I always loved Risk. Risk or Monopoly. Okay. Risk or Monopoly would be my two. Um I just like strategy. I, I just can. like strategy games. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Um I like that question. Good question. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Question five. We'll wrap this up. Um, feel free to jump in with one while I think. Okay. I don't but... have any, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question five. Um, okay. We'll keep it simple. We'll we'll end on a simple one. Um, either top, uh, top three or just favorite in general uh, TV shows cartoons we'll even go venture in the movies okay with the streaming whatever they got out now web series or whatever anything top three or just top top one um whatever your choice i'm finishing up right now which is on hbo is barry okay have you heard of it or seen it is that the one with is that the one with pete davidson no no okay um it's i actually can't remember his name i'm really bad with names of people okay um but it's basically a hitman that decides he no longer wants to be a hitman Ooh, okay. and decides to try to be an actor. <laughs> Interesting. But it's like one of those things. It's a comedy. Um, and it's, you know, like his past is following him and he's like still kind of a hitman as he's trying to pursue acting. And like he has a hard time like separating the two things. Um, and then we're on the fourth and final season right now. And I'm only a few episodes left. But it's like kind of dark. Oh, OK. So I don't know. I would recommend it. OK. It's been a fun watch for me. That sounds good. Top three. It's one of those things where you ask a question, and I love, like, I love movies and TV and mm-hmm. stuff like this, but my brain has just gone blank. <laughs> um, did you watch The Last of Us? I 
saw like maybe one or two episodes early on. I just couldn't really get into it. Sarah watched it a lot. In fact, I think I watched maybe one episode with her. So I will say, really love The Last of Us, but um, that was the first game I think I ever really loved, and Ian played it, and it wasn't even that I played it, but I watched Ian play it, so it was like really fun to watch it from the game to the show. Okay. Okay. You you give me one. I'll think of a third one. Um. <laughs> uh... Even though it just finished, well, we think it just finished, but season three finished. I, yeah, it's gonna say top three. Okay, uh, Ted Lasso, loved it on Apple TV. Still have never. You've got to. I was episode. gonna say you got to. I know. You got to <laughs> see it. It's worth it. In fact, this was the only when season three came out. That was the only reason we, because um, we hadn't had it. Because that's the one thing I hate about these new web services, whether it's Netflix. Mm-hmm. The shows on there are great, but a lot of times you're waiting like. Like Ted Lasso, it was all, it was a year and a half, yeah. I think, almost two years between season two and season three. At that point, you're like, come on already. Yeah. Um, but I love Ted Lasso. In fact, next week, our next episode, we're going to go in a little bit of a deep dive in Ted Lasso. Uh, Rich Morano. That's exciting. We're going to uh, is going to come on. Um, Rich and Zach Morano, but it's just I didn't like season three as much as the other two, but it's still one of the top three. Okay. Um. This is going to make me sound like a child, but I always loved The Simpsons. Oh, my I gosh. That's loved, a great show. I always loved The Simpsons. Um, just an all-time classic. And uh, the third, I don't know. It just kind of popped into my head, so we're going to go with it. Uh, did you ever see Dexter? Yeah. I it was great the first couple seasons. I did think after a while it just kind of kept getting repetitive, yeah, repetitive, I was repetitive. Say, I don't think I ever finished Dexter, but I've definitely watched like the first three or four seasons. Yeah. Um, towards the end, because I think it was five seasons, four mm-hmm. seasons. Um, towards the end, you're just kind of like, okay, it's getting a little repetitive. But when it first came out, the first couple seasons, I really thought it was it was super yeah. cool. Um, I don't know, it just kind of popped in my head. So I'm going to say Dexter's up there. I like there. that. Um, actually, the one I was going to say, I wouldn't. It's one of those weird things because there's only two seasons and then I believe they've canceled it because it hasn't – nothing new has happened and I'm very upset that they canceled it. So if you want to go into a show and be upset about it being canceled, I would say Mindhunter. Okay. Have you I haven't it seen, seen it. it? So it's true crime based. It's like the FBI basically like creating and like trying to understand serial killers and like how Ooh, to identify okay. them and everything. So it – is filmed really well, in my opinion. Um, it was like a really good watch. I also love true crime, though. So okay, very cool. Dark and twisty. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm the one talking, bringing up Dexter well, about like, serial killer. Bubbly, bubbly so. personality <laughs> loves the dark and twisty. <laughs> hey, you got to keep him guessing. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, all right, we'll wrap things up here. Um, can I? T- I'm just so glad you were able to come back. Me too. On. This- I want to come back for the hundredth episode. Absolutely. I don't know when it is, but that'll be. This is episode 98, so it's coming up in okay. two weeks. Guess what? My last week of school is next week. Yeah, I know, you jerk. <laughs> I got another week after that. Sorry, you'll make it. But absolutely. Um, like I said, you are one of the you are one of the people where you've got like a free pass. I don't have yeah, to ask you. So you can just call me up and hey, I'm coming on this show. Okay. I feel like, are you going to do something special for the 100th episode? A couple people have asked. I would love to do something special. I just don't know what. I know I've got a guess. That in fact, I think at this point, um, Shane Majerus, um, one of the gentlemen who I 
broke into uh, track and field coaching with. Okay. Um, he'll be coming on. Um, but as far as anything special, special, I don't know. Okay. I mean, listen, you're more than welcome. I was going to say, can I honestly? Like, Absolutely. Even if I'm not like on, I'd love to just listen. Absolutely. Come on in. Okay. Um, the more, the merrier. Um, in fact, you love cooking. You can bake a big cake for everybody. Say, the hundred. I would love to. <laughs> no, but that is, I think it's going to be fun. I think so. Um, like I said, I didn't we talked about this a little bit off air. I didn't think I'd make it through like one yeah. or two shows. So this is fantastic. Oh my, I'm so proud of you. It's been a lot of fun. That's amazing. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, hopefully a hundred more after this. But thank you so much for coming back on. Like I said, you're always welcome to come back on. Uh, make sure everybody checks out our Facebook page, our Instagram. I got to start putting more Facebook. I, I got to get you with a Facebook and Instagram. I know. I got to start oh putting gosh. more pictures on there, though. I've been slacking online there, especially on the Instagram. That's but make sure you check those out at Stories from the Sidelines. We're also looking for. Our, we've also got a YouTube page up where again I got to get more videos on that. We had a tennis match. That's... Did you see the match on YouTube? No. You got to check out the match on YouTube for the oh tennis. Oh my gosh, I didn't know you did that though. Yeah. Okay. Um, we almost put a doubles team together. I know. We almost put a double team together, and then I kind of chickened out. I haven't played tennis in such a long time, and it's one of those things. I was like, I was good when I played, and I'm so scared I'm going to go and be terrible because I just don't remember how to oh, do I it. Oh, I was not good at all. But uh, I chickened out from playing. Uh, Matt and I announced it while uh, uh, Rob went against uh, Mark, and then. Uh, Chris Matice went against Ronnie Anderson, kind of like a. Uh, it ended. The whole thing was great. It ended up being almost like a Niagara Falls uh, high school reunion, yeah. which was fantastic. Oh, um, we'll be doing that at uh, Greedy Acres again. Rob's own personal tennis court, so he freaking loves it. That's really cool. Um, we got to do another series like that, but um, yeah, check out our YouTube page, and uh, as always. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. Mm-hmm.